Well, as Steve said, good morning to all of you. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service. So thankful that you all are here this morning as we get a chance to spend this time together and conclude a series that we have been in for the past several weeks called All Out, All In. So again, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, If you don't know me, just allow me a second to introduce myself in the brief couple minutes that I'm going to be up here this morning. Uh, My name is Seth. I am one of the pastors here at the Medina East Campus. If I have not had the opportunity to meet you yet, uh, I would love the opportunity to do that in the cafe maybe afterwards words, just tap me on the shoulder. would love to hear, hear from you, get to know your story a little bit, and to introduce myself to you more personally as well. So again, thank you guys for coming out this morning. Um, one thing I do want to mention to you is uh, just on behalf of our staff and the leaders, uh, life group leaders, as well as our pastors and staff here at the Medina East Campus, just want to wish all you guys a really happy Thanksgiving. I know that that was this past Thursday, but it kind of rolls around into the weekend, doesn't it, with Black Friday and some other things. Just want to issue uh, just a a general happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good time. Uh, obviously, Thanksgiving is a great time of year to pause a little bit and to recount the things that we are thankful for as people. It's a great chance to do that, including things like it's 1113 and Michigan still sucks. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. So things of that nature, right? And so uh, hopefully you got the opportunity to do that, and hopefully the tryptophan kicked in from the turkey before that weird uncle of yours started talking about his political conspiracies. Hopefully that was a part of your Thanksgiving as well. But again, uh, one thing I do want to mention is uh, on behalf of our staff, of our leaders and our pastors, uh, we want to wish you a very merry Thanksgiving, I guess you could say happy Thanksgiving, but also uh, we want to let you guys know that we are thankful for certain things as well as a staff and as leaders of Grace Church. And one of those things, a big ticket thing is honestly, it's you guys. So uh, we are, when we pause and we think about all that God is doing in our church and we think about all the folks that he's rallying together with the different gifts and abilities that he's placed in the body of Christ and how all that's assembled here, man, the fact that we get a chance to come together in this unique way and be an expression of the growth of the kingdom of God in our community, an expression of the gospel and share that with the world in our community, we get to do that together Let me just say, guys, we are really, really thankful for you and thankful for what God is doing. So I think that's just something that we should note. Uh, We're also thankful for like our ministries and just the things that God is doing in and through all of us and our ministries at Grace Church. And here's what I wanna do uh, in the next just minute or so. I wanna highlight in specific an area of ministry that we are super pumped about and super thankful for, and that would be student ministries. So for some of you, you may know, but others of you may not know that about four or five, maybe six months ago-ish, we had a transition in leadership in student ministries. And so our facilities manager, Dan Miller, many of you know him, and his wife, Charlie, actually they transitioned away from facilities and they are now overseeing our student ministries. So that would include Wednesday night, our event called Ignite for High Schoolers, as well as some weekend uh, service programming for middle schoolers in Epic. Man, let me just tell you, if you get a chance to make it up there, you would see very quickly that God is doing amazing things with our students. And it's as a result of this transition of leadership, and we're really excited about it. And you should just see the kind of the life and the vitality and the things that are going on up there. And here's the deal. If you got a, if you got a student that, that's a, that, that hasn't been plugged in yet to Ignite or to Epic, I want to encourage you to get them plugged in. But for the rest of us, We can't really make our way up there every weekend or every Wednesday night, partially because if we tried, if we're over the age of 18, our safety team would cut us right off at the pass, right? So here's what we thought we'd do. Uh, Given that we're closing out this series all out, all in, we thought it would be a great idea to take the student ministry experience 
and bring it down here for all of you. Does that sound like a good plan? All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, two things. I'm going to invite Dan Miller up here in a second. So first of all, my, uh, my first goal was to let you know that he's going to be coming up here to introduce him to you. Because here's the thing. You cannot describe Dan Miller with adjectives. You can only experience Dan Miller. So that's the first thing that you should know. And the second thing is I wanted to invite you to give him a warm Medina East welcome. Can we do that? Student Ministries Coordinator, come on up here, Dan, Dan Miller. Awesome. All right, everybody. Oh, you guys are my best friends. You guys are all my best friends I've ever had, 11 o'clock. I love you guys so much. This is my heart. I'm sending it out to you. Please receive it. There we go. All right, guys, I'm just going to jump right in. I'm so stoked about this. Okay, so like Seth said, my name is Dan. Me and my wife, Charlie, lead student ministries, and I would be remiss if I did not show you a picture of my family. Is that all right if I just show you a quick? I got to do it. Let's see if my clicker here is on. Here we go. Bada bing. Look at that. Hmm. There we go. So we got Scotty on the right there. He is nine years old. He's my firstborn son. And then we got James on the left. He's six years old. And we got Charlie, and she's thir uh, thrifty. She's a, thr she's a thrifty lady. <laughs> thrifty, thrifty gal. And so we spend a lot of time as a family. You know, we lead student ministries, but we also spend a whole heck of a lot of time just being photogenic in, in front of uh, waterfalls. We just stand, you know, beautiful day. Oh, it's a beautiful day. I guess I'll stand in front of a waterfall. So that's what we do. There you go. So that's who I am. I'm right here in the picture. Ding, like that. And so I just want to jump, actually just jump right into to our conversation. If you haven't had a chance to, to get plugged in and to get connected, we're in a series called All Out, All In. And we really recommend that, um, like I said, if, it's your, if maybe it's your first time here or if you haven't had a chance to plug into the conversation uh, up to this point, we think it's, it's really important because we kind of are going through a flow of thought. And so we would recommend that you download uh, the Grace Church app. Okay, so we have an app. You can download that and find uh, the previous teachings there to get kind of plugged in and connected and caught up uh, on the conversation. But I'm going to go ahead and just, and just let it rip because that's how we do it in student ministries. So... All out and all in, we're talking about this concept of worship. We're talking about, this whole series is about what does it look like to worship God, and the best way that we could uh, describe that for, for those of us that, that follow Jesus, and we know uh, not everybody in this room follows Jesus, and so if you're just investigating, we count it an absolute honor and a privilege that you would uh, take time out of your schedule, come hang out with us, uh, and investigate Jesus, and so we're grateful you're here, but for those of us that do, uh, that have put our faith in Christ and are trying to worship him with our, with our lives, we would say that what worship is, is kind of an all-out, uh, all-in mentality and concept of life. And so he said that what occurs all-in in our relationship and our understanding of Jesus, in our, in our motivations uh, and in our heart and our beliefs, needs to kind of work itself out and manifest itself out, uh, all-out in the things that we do, in our behaviors, uh, in our actions, in our habits. And so we're saying that a life of worship is kind of a full and complete picture in which uh, the things that are occurring internally correspond to the things that occur externally. And I live a whole life all out, all in. And so what we're really saying is this bathroom looking sign guy here, right there, that, my man needs a neck. He needs a neck or it's not going to be connected. So we got to do it. He's like, I'm thinking about getting some chips, but that thought can't make its way to my hands because I don't have a neck. So give him a neck, my man. So that's what we're going to do, all right? So give him, give him a neck, talk about how to go all out, 
all in. And we've been looking at that through a, a variety of different lenses, all right? What does it look like to worship God uh, all out, all in with our resources? So Tony talked about how we worship God with our money and our stuff. Last week, Seth did an amazing job talking about uh, how we go all out, all in with our uh, abilities. That was a really powerful uh, sermon for me. So if you haven't had a chance to plug into that, I'd recommend that you do because it was really sweet. But today, I have the, the really cool and unique privilege to talk about how we worship God all out and all in with our time. So uh, I'm looking around the room and, you know, there's a lot, I know a lot of you guys, you know, I've been here for a while. And so a lot of you know, I really like talking about Jesus. That's really pretty high up on my favorite things to do list. So you might be saying to yourself, huh, Dan, Dan Miller, he's, Dan's preaching? <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> and you're right, it is, look at this. So we're gonna ask, what's God's view on time, right? Like, we're pro-God here at this church. We took a vote, and uh, we're all pro-God. So we're gonna ask, what's God's view on time? Start right there. So what's God's view on time? That's the, the starting point. So we look at Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. The psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, right? That we can correctly navigate through this thing, this life, this time that we have. We have a limited amount of time, and that whole uh, span, that whole kind of resource that we have, Lord, please help us to, to think clearly about what that is and how to utilize it in a way that's wise. That word wisdom uh, actually means like a kind of skill of life. So teach us how to have the skill of life to think clearly about the time we got. And so what we're really talking about, to be honest with you guys, is like time management, right? Like time management, how do we manage our time wisely? And we would say, again, here at Grace Church, we really value and, and put the absolute highest place of honor on Jesus. And we would say that the person that most fully exemplifies a wise schedule, uh, you know, a wise schedule navigation would be Jesus. He's, he's the guy that does the best at the time management deal. So we're going to take a look uh, at a passage of scripture that talks about Jesus and how he navigated a very complicated schedule, okay? And Jesus going all out, all in, uh, and navigating wisely through his schedule. And that's going to be found in Luke chapter 5. So if you brought your Bibles, you can go ahead and crack those bad boys open, Luke chapter five, or if you have a, like a smartphone or a tablet, you can go ahead and open it up and get to it that way. We also have Bibles all around in the, in the chairs in front of you or behind you, and you can find uh, Luke, Luke five on page 719 uh, in those Bibles. And we say this every week, we think it's super duper important that you have a Bible. So if you, if you don't have one, or if you just have like an older translation, you can go ahead and take that Bible in front of you and make it a gift from us to you. Happy Thanksgiving. You're my best friend that I've ever had in my life. So here's my heart. Receive it. Okay, so before we get into that, I just want to tell you guys a real quick story uh, about uh, kind of a cool experience that my wife and I had a couple weeks ago. So like Seth said, uh, Charlie and I are student ministry. We kind of lead student ministries. And one of the things we get to do as leaders of student ministries is, is take kids on these uh, retreats, okay? And so one of the retreats we went on was called In and Out, okay? And basically what this is, it's like you get a group of, of middle school students together. Charlie had like 11 middle school girls and I had like 12 middle school boys. And they showed up at this thing called the Grace Church Bath Campus Extension. Any of you guys ever been to the extension at all? It's pretty legit. It's even a little bit cooler than this building, if that's possible. But it's kind of like they have it like a basketball court section, but it also kind of uh, transforms into like a big conference center. And so all these kids, huge groups, like a couple hundred middle school kids 
show up at this big retreat uh, conference center and they all party up and like get all sugared up on some Mountain Dew and then they listen to some like worship music and then it's like glow sticks and they're all getting all hyped up. Yeah, really go for it. But then, and they go, they go all out. And here's the thing, I don't want you guys to get confused. I don't want you to get confused because the name of our series is All Out, All In. I'm talking about in and out. So let's, so there's a line of separation here. But anyway, so, so they get all hyped up at the, at the retreat center and then it's like, yeah, we're fun, we're young. And they're like, oh yeah, we're so young and fun, whoop de doo And then they get all sugared up. And then they go into a host home, okay? So that's what they call it, in and out. It's in a host home, it's in town, but they go out to uh, the conference center and go out and have fun or whatever. And the big thing I want you guys to notice is that the whole weekend that we had from Friday night until uh, Sunday morning, the whole plan and the whole purpose of everything that we did was kind of illuminated by a particular kind of design and purpose for the whole weekend. And so the whole weekend, everything that we did was to be infused with uh, kind of a sense of growing in our, in our relationships with one another. That was the whole thing, grow in our relationships with one another and grow in our understanding of God. And so it didn't necessarily matter uh, moment by moment, the particulars, because here's, I think something you guys might know. For those of you that kind of interact with middle school students, they get pretty hyped up about knowing the particulars of a schedule, right? Like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, well, we're walking to the car. Like, well, what are we going to do when we get to the car? Like, well, we're going to get in it and then go drive to, well, how long is it going to take to get to the place? Like, several minutes. I don't know. And so they get really hyped up and nitpickety about the particulars, right? And so what I kind of tried to keep showing them and explaining to them is like, look, the whole weekend, every component from moment to moment to moment, the, the rock and roll worship music, the sugary drinks, the time when we go to the host home and hang out and sleep there and play Xbox, when we get up and get into the Bible, everything from the beginning to the end, from the moment we get up to the moment we go to sleep, our entire retreat is about growing in relationships with one another and growing in our understanding of God. And so what I kind of want to do is see how that sort of relates to the relationship that, God, that Jesus has in the various tax, tasks of his day and, and how he navigated moment by moment and lived a life all out uh, and all in uh, in terms of the way he did uh, it kind of navigated his schedule, okay? So like I said, Luke chapter five is where we're about to blast into. And one of the things uh, that I really like to do is kind of take a look at the context. You know, before, before you jump into a particular passage of scripture, we think it's really important that you check out the context because uh, context determines meaning. And so if you just jump in randomly, you're gonna be like, what's going on? Why is this stuff happening? And what, what value does this have? But if you get a look at the bigger picture, you get kind of a, a little bit more clarity. And so because we're looking at time management and how Jesus kind of correctly and effectively navigated in a really productive way through his schedule, I thought I'd just go ahead and show you a screenshot of Jesus' checklist uh, from his phone. It was a big archeological discovery that just happened, so check this out. Look at this, Luke chapter four. So back in Luke chapter four, Jesus gets filled up with the Holy Spirit and then he heads out on a pretty productive journey of doing stuff. So first thing he does, he goes out to the wilderness, fasts for 40 days, and then Satan gets up in his grill and starts trying to have a debate with him. So Satan gets up in Jesus' grill and he's like, oh yeah, well what about this? And Jesus is like, actually, it says this other thing, Satan, <laughs> and he checks that off his list, okay? And then he goes out and does some amazing teaching in a synagogue. Jesus shows up in a synagogue, drops some truth bombs, everybody's like, oh snap, and Jesus is like, that's what I'm talking about, and he checks that off his list. And then he publicly, and then like 
already getting it, getting it done in a pretty, pretty heavy-duty way. But then he public, goes ahead and publicly identifies himself as God. So he shows up at the synagogue, unrolls the scroll of Isaiah to the spot that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news. And then he closes that bad boy up, sits down and says, that's about me, I'm God. And everybody's like, boogity, boogity, boogity. And then he, ch he checks that off his list, right? Dude is like real productive. And then check, this is like my favorite one. And then he starts bossing demons around. So a demon will show up, like a man possessed by a demon will show up, which by the way, just as a little aside here, like most, you know, demons are, would be kind of a thing that you would say would be scary, right? Like a lot of people are kind of scared of if a demon was about to show up, but demons like pee their pants when they think about Jesus. So keep that in mind. So demons show up and they're like, ah, here we are, we're a demon. I know who you are, Jesus, meow. And then Jesus is like, sit down. Be humble. And then the demon's like, okay, sorry. All right, and then he heals, I mean, very productive. Are you guys digging this, produ this productivity, right? Okay, and then he, uh, he heals a ton of people. So multitudes of people show up. Lord, we're all jacked up. Can you please heal us? And he's like, yes, I can because I'm very productive. So he goes ahead and heals them. And then he's like, checks that off his list. And then he, and Peter's having some problems with his, with his like, with his fish levels. He's trying to, uh, Peter's a fisherman. <laughs> and so Jesus is like, hey, Peter, what's the deal? And Peter's like, I'm having a crappy day uh, fishing. And, and Jesus is like, let's go out a little bit farther and do it that way. And Peter's like, mm, okay. And then they get a bunch of fish. And, and Peter's like, oh, Lord, I'm not, I can't, you know, I'm not worthy. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm a G. And then he checks that off his list, right? G for God. <laughs> All right. And so then this is where Jesus happens. So then while Jesus was in one of the towns, this is what happened. Okay, so all I'm trying to show you guys is highly productive dude, right? Getting it done, crushing his to-do list. And then while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy, okay? And when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, dude, if you're willing, you can make me clean, right? I've had this horrible disease my whole life. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up. This is a bummer. What's the deal? Can you please help me out? If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. And what I want you guys to notice is that even in the midst of an incredibly stacked schedule, right, in the midst of a very serious and intense series of things that are occurring in this dude's life, he takes a moment, reaches out. Jesus goes, continues. He's been going all out, uh, crushing Satan in a Bible debate, doing crazy teaching, healing, doing this, fit, this magical fish stuff. But even in, the, in this next moment, he, like, he, he kind of slows down, interacts with this dude one-on-one, -on -one, crazy, praise the Lord, hallelujah miracle, and, and reaches out, crossing the line that separates what's clean from unclean, interacts with this dude, and heals him. Okay, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. But I think what we see in the next few verses is really, is really interesting about you know, how, how Jesus is trying to navigate his schedule because he says, hey, Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for, for your cleansing is a testimony to them. So Jesus is like, look, man, I want to heal you. I love you. I stopped what I was doing to interact with you, even in the midst of a very busy season. And I, and I, and I healed you and I cleansed you and that's sweet. But, but dude, cut, cut me some slack. Kind of keep it on the DL here because I, I got to kind of take it easy. It's been a pretty busy season. Cut me some slack. Be, you know, secretly go and show yourself to the, to the priest, which would kind of act as like um, 
a health inspector, right? A health inspector, and he said, and offer the correct sacrifices like a turtle dove, which would have been like the medical fee, right? Offer your, offer your sacrifices, but keep it on the DL because you know, it's been kind of a busy season, and check out what happens next. Yet the, news about, <laughs> yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So even though Jesus told this dude, keep it on the DL, dude was like, and actually uh, the gospel of Mark shows us that this, this guy with leprosy shows up, <laughs> shows up uh, at the synagogue and he's like, hey priest. And the, and the priest is like, yeah, what's up? He's like, hey, check it out, I'm cleansed. And then the priest is like, Larry? <laughs> aren't you, wait a minute, aren't you Larry the leper? And Larry's like, huh, I was, now I'm just Larry the guy, you know, just Larry the guy. Right, and so, and then news about, and then the priest is like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then the word spreads quickly, okay? So here's the big question. Even though Jesus has been showing, dude, totally all out, all out, all out, pouring himself all out, and then he gets to the point where he's like, man, I gotta take it easy, I gotta, I gotta take a breather, but the news about him spreads, and, and, and another, whatever, another big pile of files gets slammed on his desk or whatever. He gets totally overwhelmed with another project that he has. It wasn't even his responsibility, but he's got to take on this whole other project or whatever, right? He's got to go both to both sides of the, to the in-laws and my family for, for, uh, the, for the party, right? I got to, oh man, I got to buy a gift for that person too, for that part, white, white elephant, uh, whatever. Like he's got to do all this stuff, right? And so he's got this big, huge schedule, right? All this stuff to do. So the big question is, we're trying to look at Jesus and how he navigates wisely through his schedule. What's he gonna do in this moment where he's gone all out? And I think the next verse is so sweet because it illustrates for us, you know, maybe the way that Jesus operated and how we can respond to that. So it's a pretty, pretty sweet move that Jesus does here. This is very instructive for us. News about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses so Jesus just cowboyed up, crushed a Red Bull, and kept on trucking. That's what you got to do. I'm the son of God. I mean, I'm the lamb. I'm the lion from the tribe of Judah. I mean, I got to give me an energy drink and keep on going here. Let's get to put the big boy pants on or let's go, right? And obviously, ha, ha, like, not, not really what it says. But here's... <laughs> <laughs> Not what it really says, but like, I think I, I sometimes operate in the way that I live my life. I, th- I think that that's what the verse actually says. I'm like, man, I'm trying to be like a legit man of God. I'm trying to worship God with everything I do, really trying to go for it. Oh man, I got all this other stuff to do. Like, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna grit my teeth. Ooh, just keep going. Come on, we gotta go, 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 go. Right? Because come on, Jesus, for Jesus. I gotta get it going for Jesus. Ooh. And I think... I think what's really instructive is what the verse actually says, and I think it paints a different picture for us, how we are to live a life uh, all out, all in. So check it out. It actually says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus recognized that in order to live a life all out, to, to, to give and to serve and to really go for it, and, to, and, and, the, and the purpose of Jesus' life is to, re, is to reconcile a broken and sinful world to a holy and righteous God. It's like pretty big, pretty big deal on your checklist, right? And the fact that he often, he didn't just like totally try and cowboy up and really go for it. He took moments to disconnect from how he was, how he was going all out, and he plugged in. He plugged into his source of vitality and energy to his, his identity. He, he, what, what is it I believe? What, what are my motivations? What is my heart? 
And then, as he pondered that and spent long hours interacting with his father, that uh, gave him the energy and the capacity to go, to go all out. Okay? And so here's kind of what I made up a little formula here for how this plays out in our lives. All out minus all in equals burnout. And this is just so manifestly evident, right? Like, if all we ever do is really go for it, and we're serving at church, and we're on the parking team, and we serve in, in Power Kids, and we always are at Life Group, and we host the, the Life Group, and we always make the snacks, and help with the babysitting, and somebody needs to be driven somewhere, and I gotta do all this other stuff. I gotta do, I gotta go, I gotta serve all the time. Go, 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 go. That's all sweet and good, and, and that's what we should, we should be really going for it. But if we do all that at the expense of, or if we neglect going all in, taking times to repose and to rest and to interact with the truth of who God is, if we, if we go all, all out without going all in, we're going to burn out. Just so manifestly uh, obvious and evident. But the flip side is if we're all in and we are always only, you know, studying the Bible and praying and, and thinking on, on heavenly things, and we're, to, quote, too heavenly-minded to be of any earthly good, we're just gonna, we're gonna miss out on, on the potential and on the opportunities that we have to interact with the things that God is doing because God created us to, to get stuff done, right? God, I mean, it's like you wouldn't, if you, if you got like a Ferrari or, or like whatever kind of fancy sports car, you wouldn't just leave it in your, uh, in, in your garage and just look at it, man. You would take that thing out of the garage, fire it up, and let it rip because you're missing out on the potential uh, of that sweet vehicle. And if we don't uh, utilize the things that are occurring internally in our identity and our beliefs and in our heart, if we don't let that flow out into doing things, into serving, into getting, and getting things done, we're going to miss out. And it's not like a, a guilt trip, like you got to get stuff done. It's like, no, it's fun and invigorating and exciting and powerful and enjoyable. Uh, a life all in and all out, the combination of all out and all in Dude, it results in rocking out, okay? It's like, oh, there's the big formula, all right? Because if we don't both interact with who we are and our beliefs and our understanding of our identity and then allow that to flow forth and to flourish and to, and to do things, dude, we're gonna miss out on so many sweet things. God created us to interact with the movement of his kingdom. God, God created us to to, to, to show forth who Jesus is, and we can do that if we have both components, okay? Both the, the correct beliefs and the heart and uh, the doing stuff, okay? That's the combination. It rocks, rocks out for days, okay? And so I just wanna remind you guys where we got this, this formula here, where I got this formula is in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. Uh, Paul, Paul says to the church at Rome, dude, I, I urge you, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, go all out, do stuff, offer your, your schedule, offer the things that you do in your time, moment by moment, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. That's what worship actually is, to do, to do stuff. But then he says, hey man, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be, be transformed by the, by the renewing of your mind. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind internally, the things that occur internally, what I believe and what I think. Allow that to, to be centered on who Christ is and what he's done and on your relationship with him and your identity in him. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Then, this is Dan Miller translation, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, which is rocking out. You will be able to rock. 
If you go all out and offer your body as a living sacrifice and are all in as you are transformed in the renewing of your mind, you will prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And again, dude, it's not, a, it's not some kind of bummer, dutiful obligation. Oh, boy. Oh, like, this is what I have to do, read my Bible and serve and do stuff. Like, blah. Like, no, that's what rocking out is. <laughs> and so I highly recommend that you, that you jump on that gravy train because it's too legit to quit. So uh, I got this thing here where I made this kind of schedule, okay? This is just like a hypothetical schedule, okay? This is what we do. This is just a random day, somebody's life, what you do day to day, moment by moment, okay? I'm just gonna take a look at this, make some observations, and uh, go from there. So let's just say, okay, I got this. This is my life. I'm, just, I'm a person. 7 a.m., I got this new systems training meeting. I got to get up, 7 a.m., new systems training meeting, and then I'm going to get a bagel with Keith at Brugger's and uh, go ahead and have this finance report. He kind of screwed the finance report up. We got this new system. I got to figure it out. And then I got to Skype the Atlanta affiliate. And this one guy at the Atlanta office is so annoying, but I got to do it. It's part of my job. They're screwing up the new system, so I got to figure it out. But even just those things is really going to tap me out, man. I'm going to be going all out. So at 9 a.m., I'm gonna kinda unplug for a minute. I'm gonna give me some Candy Crush time. I got my iPhone, I got the old school Candy Crush game. Tick, 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 tick. Oh yeah, this is okay. Ah, that, oh, that Skype was so annoying. Thank you, Lord, here we go. Skype, Skype is over, Candy Crush. Ah, that's very good. Okay, and then get back, uh, get back and go all out. Go to Puppet Day at Allison's school. Allison started a new school. I want to really show that I'm a good dad and that I love her and that I'm trying to invest in her in her life and I care about her. I'm blasted over to Puppet Day at, at Allison's school. And I got to check the flight schedule because I'm flying to Atlanta in a couple weeks. And our old babysitter started college and so I got to find a new babysitter and it's all confusing. There's some tension with the babysitter situation. But then I got this oil change. I, I can't forget to get the oil change because the, the Corolla's engine is ticking. I mean, it's like my clock is ticking taking, but so is the Corolla's engine. That's like really annoying. And then I got to have lunch with Bob. He holds a lot of sway in the company. I got to remember to tell the Tom Collins story because I want to be, you know, like he really thinks that is a funny story and I want him to think I'm cool so that it'll give me a raise and whatever. And then that's going to mean it's going to be one o'clock until I get to even do any of my email. Like I'm going to be totally backed up on all my email. So I got to get that figured out. And then I got to do this, these intern applications. We're trying to get some new people mixed in. And so I've got this day. Okay. I've got this completely stacked schedule, bing, 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 bing. And here's what I'm here to tell you. This could be anybody's schedule, so whatever. I mean, I know a lot of you guys have uh, different jobs or different responsibilities. And, you know, I used to be uh, a, a construction worker. I, pull, I poured uh, concrete walls for a while, and I was a house painter and a, a delivery driver. And I had all these different jobs. So you might be uh, an RN, or you might own a construction company, or you might, you know, be a uh, uh, a farmer or wh whatever, or a stay-at-home mom or whatever, whatever your schedule looks like, okay? You've got all this different stuff on it. So you've got thing, thing, thing to do, and then 9 a.m. rolls around, and it's like, I got to do uh, Candy Crush, right? Here we go. I got to do something, just some mindless activity to kind of, you know, disengage for a minute and, like, just kind of cleanse the palate, right? That's what I got to do, 9 a.m. And so I think maybe at this moment you guys might be like, oh, boy, here we go. Here's this hot shot from Student Ministries coming down to rain some tyranny on me and get up in my grill about my Candy Crush time at 9 a.m. Here we go. Oh, boy. He's gonna, Dan's going to get up here and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, 9 a.m.? Why don't you get that out and get some Bible time in? Like that. That's how I do it. That's how I teach students a lot. I go like this. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. That's totally not true. Please don't fire me, Pastor Tony or whoever. <laughs> uh, uh, no, like, okay. 
So I got this candy crush. Oh boy, here comes Dan. He's gonna get all up in my grill, you know, lose his candy crush time and get some, and, and get some Bible time in. And here's what I'm here to tell you guys. And I'm gonna try, dude, as hard as I can to kind of delicately navigate through this, okay? In the same way that, um, like in the In-N-Out retreat, it wasn't necessarily the particulars of our schedule, moment by moment, that, that determined the value of the whole weekend, right? It wasn't necessarily about whether or not we arrived at the car at uh, 10.22 p.m. or 10.27 p.m. or if we had Snickers uh, in the snack bowl or like whatever, a Mars bar or whatever, okay? It wasn't necessarily primarily about the particulars. It was about what uh, kind of lay behind the particulars and informed every aspect and everything that we did. And I think that applies to the life of, of Christian worship, uh, worship to, to the life of an all-out, all-in kind of concept of, of life. It means that every single thing I do from beginning to end, from, from the moment I wake up until the moment I, I go to sleep, is informed by who Jesus is, what he's done, and how that affects me. I am to, from, from beginning to end, all the way back, what informs and infuses itself into every single thing that I do in my schedule should be offering my body, offering my schedule as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is, which is what worship is. I'm offering what I have, this resource, this gift of time to God and saying, please, let the truth of who you are affect my mind so much to transform me that every moment, everything that I do on my schedule is, is compelled uh, into uh, interacting with you and allowing your love and the, and the light and the truth of who you are to infuse itself into every single different thing that I do. And so I think that means that like, yeah, when I'm talking to Keith and when I'm you know, slamming a bagel with Keith, I'm not just thinking about the next thing on my schedule, but I'm kind of pausing for a moment and thinking, man, this, this is a person who is made in the image of God. And I have a responsibility and a privilege to interact with him in love and in grace and in truth. Or when I'm sending emails, I can be like, you know what? This, I'm actually sending this to a person. And I have uh, the, the privilege and the opportunity to go all out and to, and to ask how their day is going and the way that I compose my email to, to think about them carefully. So what I'm trying to tell you is it's not necessarily about the particulars per se, it's about how all of every particular is informed by and infused with the reality of who Christ is and my relationship with him. So this, I would say, is a picture, okay, of, of an all-out, all-in schedule, of a, of a life characterized by worship from moment to moment to moment. Because, dude, an all-out, all-in schedule, it doesn't simply include it doesn't simply include Jesus at this particular little time. It doesn't say, all right, Jesus, here's the deal. Like, I got my stuff, you know, I got my life and my schedule. I'll go ahead and give you 9 a.m. to 9.30. Because what that is, and this is what I have been guilty of, you guys, for years. I'm here to confess. I've been guilty for years of offering, like, the correct percentage of what I consider to be my life. I've got my life Here's my life. From the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, it's my life. But I'll go ahead and offer you 
uh, you know, Lord God, the correct percentage as a, to, you know, to appease you, uh, which is, would be like a functional and adequate worship. Okay, this is, this is self-righteousness and this is Phariseeism, and I'm here to confess that, dude, I've been guilty of that. I've been like, you know what, God? Uh, okay, I know what you want and what you need. Here's my life, I got it. You can go ahead and have 30 minutes of it. There you go, there's my token for the day. Now I'm gonna go ahead and clock out, walk over here and be a jerk to my kids and be like self-righteous and annoying, okay? And that, just including Jesus-y stuff into your schedule does not equate a life of worship. It's when an all-out, all-in schedule is completely about Jesus, okay, that we, that we uh, fully begin to express what it looks like and to engage with him in a lifestyle of worship, okay? When I offer my body completely as a living sacrifice, when I offer the entirety of my schedule, the schedule isn't about me, the schedule is about Jesus and what he's done for me and responding to that. To offer my body, offer my schedule as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is my true uh, and proper worship. And I think, you know, maybe what's happening at this moment uh, for some of you, kind of on, on the other side of the chain, is you're like, you know what, Dan? That's cool, and that's, you know, that's, that's very compelling or whatever, but, you know, that's still, I'm looking at this schedule here, and you don't have any Jesus-y related stuff. I mean, none of these things necessarily uh, would help you go uh, all in and deeply uh, interact with Christ and allow the truth of who he is to inform, uh, you know, who you are and what you're about. And I, I'm glad you're picking up on that because I, I genuinely think, and like I said, I'm trying to navigate this in a delicate way, but I think that if we are genuinely pursuing Christ and desiring to allow the truth of who he is to inform the way that we navigate our schedule, it's going to cause us to question the stuff that we put in our schedule. It's going to cause us in moments to say, you know what, what why do I spend X amount of time doing Y thing? Why, why does this so consistently show up in my schedule and how does that respond to who Christ is? As I pursue Jesus and offering my whole schedule to him, all out and all in, you know, are, are these components of my schedule necessary to, to reflect that truth, right? And so that's what I would say because here's, again, to, to go back to our passage, and as we look at every different thing that we do moment by moment, being, being infused with and informed by and, and corresponding to who Christ is, we have to remember where we got this all out, all in idea. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And what Paul says, very beautiful, he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy. He doesn't say, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of a, a kind of preferred way to navigate your schedule, in view of a sort of spiritual mindfulness, in view of a few self-help books that I read, you know, in view of a, a few time management books that I read, offer your body, offer your schedule as a living sacrifice. No, he says, in view of God's mercy. He says, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And here's the thing, you guys. For, for those of us that, that follow Jesus, we know what he's referring to when he says in, in view of God's mercy. The place where God's mercy was most beautifully and clearly uh, and manifestly expressed was on the cross. On the cross of Christ, mercy was shown forth. The Bible says that he who was without sin became sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God. And God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that he didn't, send, he, God loved the world so much that he sent his, 
his one and only son, that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son uh, into the world to condemn the world, but, but in order that the world might be, might be saved through him. And man, all of us like sheep have, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to, to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. And, and Jesus deals, God deals with sin, and he, he puts death to death on the cross. And, and, and in view of that, and in view of the wondrous cross and the majesty of Christ as revealed in, in Jesus and in his, his life and in his death and in his resurrection, we are to view that and then think about the stuff we do with our day. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, man. Holy and pleasing to God. That's what worship is. It's not, it's not a manipulative, obnoxious, you know, twist your arm. It's, Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you for what you're doing, who you are. And don't conform to the pattern of this world. I don't, I don't necessarily want to fill my schedule up with all these things that, that might not correspond or relate to that because I'm looking at your mercy. I'm looking at the cross. But I want to be transformed in my mind, I want to allow the way that I function in my mind to be transformed so that I can interact with the truth of who you are. And then, again, it's not so, so that I can f- fulfill some kind of dutiful obligation. It's because I'll be allowed to probably given access and to, uh, allowed to participate more in your good and pleasing and perfect will. God loves, Jesus loves you, and he has an unbelievably profound and wonderful plan for your life. And he wants you to experience more and more excitement and vitality and joy and, and good, pleasing, uh, and, and perfect experiences of life. And you can do it to the extent that you go all in and, and press deeply into, into Christ and who he is in your schedule. And if that looks like cutting something out and putting something in that will facilitate your understanding of who he is, then, then you, it would be very wise to do that. And if it looks like, man, every day... I do this thing, it might not necessarily help me to express who God is all out, and maybe think about that and evaluate that. So that's what I would ask you to do. Just take a look at the cross. And this, you know, the thing is, you guys, like, the cross is, is pretty, just a, a pretty core concept of, of, uh, of, our, of, 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 of the life of a believer, right? Of somebody that, that has put their faith and their hope and their, their trust in Christ, the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done should so be at the center in view of, 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 your, of your view that, you, that, that every component of him just, and who he is and what he's done shows forth in the, way that you, in the way that you orchestrate your schedule. So that's my spiel that I got. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the band up. Uh, and as I do, I just have two quick challenges for two, two audiences, okay? And so for the, first, uh, for the person in this room, uh, again, that's just uh, investigating Jesus. We say it, I, I try to say it as much as, as I can. We, we're not here, you know, this church isn't here to brainwash you or to like manipulate you or to try to cram some kind of religious pill down your throat. We're not just trying to get you to, to jump on the, on the wagon or whatever. We, love, we actually really genuinely, the leaders of this church and the staff and, and the people that serve here genuinely love you. If you're investigating Jesus, we love you here. And, uh, and we love you so much that we, we just really want you to, to meet Jesus because he loves you too. And we believe that that's real. You know, that's not, we're not just trying to, to manipulate you. So I would just ask you that you 
Invest your time. Consider it and choose, and choose to use your, your time in a way uh, for, for the next couple of weeks that, that would really do us a solid. And come, make a commitment to coming to our next series. Behold, like I said, I'll say it a thousand times in a row. We're not here to manipulate or brainwash you. We love you and we care about you. So please, come check out our next series, Behold, uh, beginning December 2nd and 3rd. And then that's kind of like crescendoing to our uh, Christmas Eve services. So it would be really sweet if you could come out to that. We love you and we care about you. So come out to that. But for the person in this room, dude, that, uh, that does follow Jesus, I would say, you know, just uh, in view of God's mercy, I urge you, I urge you in view of God's mercy, to, to present your body a living sacrifice, uh, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual service of worship. Don't be, dude, don't be conformed to the, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He wants you to rock out, and he's given you uh, an incredible opportunity to participate with him in the movement of his kingdom, and it's really sweet and good. So highly recommend that you do that, and you can do it by texting this thing to this number. If you, go, if you text AOAI to 41411, that's like our Medina East text-in thing, you'll receive a link. Like you'll text a thing and then you'll receive a text back with a link to some resources that we've created for you that uh, give you the ability to kind of evaluate your schedule. You know, to just not, not to like, again, not to like guilt, guilt trippy or whatever, but just like, oh, wow, I spent that much, <laughs> dang, I spent that much time on that? Yeah, maybe I should cut a few minutes out or whatever. I know I constantly have to do that because... I'm, way, I'm playing way too much Super Nintendo. It's a joke. So anyway, <laughs> no, stop laughing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so AOAI to 41411. That's my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm going to go ahead and pray. band's going to rock out. You guys are my best friends. Glory, glory, hallelujah. All right, here we go. Lord Jesus, you are the absolute king of the universe, and I praise you and thank you for who you are and what you do. Thank you for, um, Lord, the, the people in this room. God, I know that... Uh, you know, there's, there's a, a wide variety of, of different occupations and a wide variety of, of different things that people uh, do here and different, different kind of lifestyles represented. And Jesus, I just ask that you, please, in view of your mercy, that you cause us to, to think carefully about how we, how we live our lives, the stuff that we do, and how that reflects who you are. Not again, Lord, again and again. Not as a, as a guilt trip, but because it's sweet. It is so sweet to follow you and to participate in your kingdom and the stuff that you do. So cause us to, uh, to respond to that, Lord. I'm begging you. And I, I just ask, even as, as the band plays today, that you, uh, that you use the, the songs that they've, that they've uh, chosen to, to just continue to resonate the truth of who you are deeply, deeply, deeply into our, into our hearts and our minds. Cause us to, to live a life more all out and all in for you. But, Lord, most uh, especially, I just want to... I... Uh, I just want to lift up the person in this room, Lord, that, uh, that might be distant from you. And I just ask that you cause them, uh, Father, to, to see that you love them and that you've got an awesome plan for their life and, and that you uh, are just really, uh, really, really have a desire to, to interact with them and, and to engage with them. And so please, in, in the way that only you can, Lord God, please uh, communicate your love and the truth of who you are and the power and the beauty and the majesty of your name. Communicate that in a clear way. Uh, to the person in this room that might be distant from you. Thank you uh, for, for the people in this room, Lord, that, that might not follow you. I, I just ask that you show them that, that you love them and that, uh, and that you have an awesome, awesome plan for their life. So we lift all this up uh, in, the, in the mighty, righteous, 
name of God Almighty, Lord Jesus, you're the king. Praise your name. Amen.